Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Yoga is the harmony between opposites. For me, yoga would be not negating darkness and not just absorbing light the true free state of someone in the state of yoga is that you can touch the darkness and touch the light and almost like neither one touches you so it's a fearlessness amongst all the flavors of existence hello and welcome to the not perfect podcast my name is poppy jamie a recovering perfectionist and the founder of award-winning mindfulness app happy not perfect like the app, this show is about hitting pause and taking time to look after our mind and soul. In this series, I explore how we can make life better in 2020. How can we reduce stress, enjoy life, bounce back from setbacks and get in flow? My guests will be sharing their expert advice and I hope you join me on the journey. Our theme music is courtesy of Mindstream. Visit mindstream.com to learn more about how their music and environments help you sleep, relax, focus, and move, or find their music on any streaming platform. Let's crack on with the show. So Heather Lillingston is not only a great friend, but the founder of Yoga for Bad People. She's a thought leader, a global traveler, and someone who has had a profound impact on my life. Now this is a true story. We met in Mexico and I'd been invited to stay at a friend's hotel for this birthday party and after I arrived they said okay you'll be sharing a room and uh, so I thought great and I walked in and there was this mermaid lying in, this, in the bath in the middle of the room and she had these golden locks just kind of flowing outside the bath and I was so English and I'm like oh I'm sorry oh god sorry sorry. <laughs> And Heather was just the most relaxed mermaid goddess and she just kind of flipped her hair. She said, hey, how are you? I'm Heather. And uh, from that moment on, we've been great friends and, um, and it's just such an honor to have her on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I just am like dying laughing inside remembering that moment. <laughs> Aw, Poppy. Uh, so like with all interviews, we start with our three favorite questions. What's your favorite quote at the moment? Call, there's a poem by Joy Harjo, and, and so I'm gonna use the quote as a, from a poem. No problem. And it's called, calling your spirit back from its wandering, basically. And um, at the very, you know, it's, it's basically like, goes through the whole process of pulling yourself out of the like, lower self that's obsessed with the, you know, kind of um, material world fears and worries and coming back to your spirit and coming back to your soul. And then at the end, when you go through this whole process, she says, and then you must 
throw a big party, keep your speeches short, and then teach someone else how to do it. So I would say that's where I'm residing right now. And what do you mean by that? What is pulling your spirit back? I think that as a species, human beings right now on the planet are reconnecting with the invisible or the soul or the things that you feel but that you cannot see are there and like the development of psychology in the 20th century like coming out talking about the inner dialogue so the things that don't necessarily have physical matter but that are affecting our daily lives like much of the psyche as was what led to maybe our understanding of god or I, I, whatever you believe but basically i think it's this coming back to your soul is coming back to the parts of us that operate in our lives that are invisible. What's a life lesson you've been reminded of recently? Wow, to trust my instincts and to trust my, actually like my initial reading on a situation that, um, I remember there was this Oprah show many years ago about um, our innate relationship with fear and that most of us deny that like when we walk into a room and you feel like a knot in your stomach and we kind of go oh i'm gonna throw that out if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again juvederm volux xc is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. But I actually feel like this past year, I have been shown that every time I've had that feeling, it was right. Mm. And every time I've denied it, it never went away. And then I had to be kind of like uncomfortably forced to realize, no, 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 what your what your body was telling you was had useful information. And maybe it's not like right, but it had useful information. And so so listening to your your intuition and your instinct. I like that. Not right or wrong, just useful information, because I think yeah. I definitely get obsessed with what is right is in my gut right right now you know yeah and then I think maybe that kind of polarity between right and wrong can mean that we then kind of ignore those feelings but rather than just explore it for what it is that's really interesting how do you define happiness definitely a state of mind 
that has nothing to do with outer circumstances <laughs> at all, a hundred percent. And I'm not sure I'm fully ready to say it's a choice, yeah. um, though I'd like that to be true. And I've heard a lot of people that I respect say that and encourage that. And, and in some ways I believe it, but I can't fully say it. Happiness is a, you know, it, it's like an energetic frequency that you tap into. Yeah. And the, you know, the tools to align with that state, it's, it, I really do feel like it, you know, you have a ra radio stations yeah. and it's like, you can tap into this consciousness or this consciousness. You can tap into the sorrow in the world. Yeah. You can tap into the joy in the world. You yeah. can tap into the fear in the world. And every single human being has access to all of them. And actually, even when our lives are really happy, we often you know, kind of slip into more like the collective fear or the collective anxiety. And then we try to make sense of it with like something happening in our lives. And it, so there's like some confusion there because we've forgotten that we're like porous beings. Yeah. So I think happiness is you can, you know, you can tune into it. And so that's also to say that if your life is in shambles, you, there is a way to tune into the frequency of happiness because someone else is generating that in the world. And you can, you can bring your mind there despite your current circumstances. Yeah. And I actually, for me anyway, um, see it more of an activity in the sense mm. that I th often find that movement helps you tap into a different frequency. I think it's actually quite hard to think your way out of a dilemma. You know, often you've got to kind of move and think. And I think often we forget about that movement and that kind of brings, I suppose, you know, your work really into this because yoga is meditation. Or how do you define yoga? Yoga is the harmony between opposites. And when I say that, for me, yoga would be not negating darkness and not just absorbing light, but actually being able, like the true free state of a, someone in the state of yoga is that you can touch the darkness and touch the light and and almost like neither one touches you. Mm. You know that that you're not, I think yoga gets this, so it's a harmony between opposites and it's a fearlessness amongst all the flavors of existence, hum, human existence, human experience. What are the movements doing? Or is there a misunderstanding of yoga? Well, I think there is a, some misunderstandings of yoga, but I think that as soon as we go, now we've understood it, that's a misunderstanding too. Yeah. <laughs> um, the physical practices, which is what we, how we prominently know yoga, mm. you know, I'll quote one of my first teachers, Sharon Gannon. She always said, you know, yoga is your natural state. So our innate state is to have that balance and harmony between all things, yeah. you know? not afraid of it, cold or hot or winter or summer or pain or joy, not attaching to joy. So when we do asana, when we do the physical like down dog, up dog, warrior one, warrior two, 
One, you know, you're circulating the conversation from your habitual patterning, mm. but also you are putting yourself in as many varieties of experience as you can within a controlled environment and facing what arises. So that comes on physical tension or physical imbalance. You're working with the physicality in that way. So you're like meeting things that are stored physically in your body and then giving them a chance to be expressed and move through. That is also happening energetically, emotionally. When, you're, when you know how to feel the elation in, as it passes through you and the grief and, and taking different shapes basically just pulls that up to the surface. Yeah, so that's how... What do you think the myths yeah. are then right About now? yoga? Yeah. Um, that yoga is all about being happy all the time. Right. That yoga is going to solve your problems. Right. <laughs> that meditation is going to solve your problems. <laughs> that, well, that like vitamins are going to solve your problems. <laughs> that right. they are tools mm -hmm. that put things in front of you in a way that's maybe easier to digest. Right. So that you can work through them. But actually... All of that requires an equal amount of the joyful, elation, blissful states of meditation and yoga and the, ah, oh, at the end of a class, which yeah. is so you necessary. You do have that feeling. We forget that we can contact that. Mm. I think we're actually more addicted to suffering than addicted to comfort. That's interesting. Even in the West, it's like there's so much comfort, but we're constantly turning it into suffering. In what way? Explain that further. Uh, at least, like, you know, living in major cities like yeah. New York and L.A., it feels almost like you're successful if you're so busy and crazy and busy. <laughs> yeah. And you're so stressed and managing all these things. But you're happy about it, but you're stressed about it, but you're happy about it. And you're so, like, your phone is blowing up. And, and these things make it, like, make it so you're, like, successful. Mm. So I think it's a definition of success that's, uh, yeah. that is connected to stress, yes, um, which is uncomfortable. Yes, anxiety is like a given. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, and that's why I think we're coming to the soul again and the invisible again. When we're challenging this conception of or construction of success we have currently. Well, because we're living in a, in, in a country that's considered to have a lot of material wealth and comfort and our basic needs met and Mental and we should is, be comfortable mm. and yet we are so uncomfortable all the time and even yeah. even often more uncomfortable like psychologically or like happiness levels than other countries that don't have the same resources as us yeah and i think that um that's showing us that you know like happiness comes from somewhere else so you interact with so many different people. You host these beautiful, incredible healing retreats. Um, if an alien was about to just walk into the door right now and just say, describe to me what humanity is like, what would you tell them? <laughs> would I say, they're happy, but they're not perfect. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, um, we are living in a time where things are changing so rapidly that our physical matter is trying to keep up um, and other parts of us are like a way ahead. And so we're in a massive rebalancing. In the Yoga Sutras, 
They talk about the powers that you gain through practice that aren't the goal, but like come through reaching higher states of consciousness. And and some of those are like traveling far distances in short periods of time, com communicating over far, you know, it's a lot of like radically shifting distance and time. And we've done that. Look at the iPhone, look at FaceTime. You can see someone halfway across the world or on the complete other side of the world. You can see their face and hear their voice. You can get in a plane and go somewhere and yeah, okay, maybe it's 14 hours, but you're on the other side of the planet, you know, and that 14 hours is not that long. And there was a time when we couldn't do that. So we're learning about we're just in this whole like new time, but it's going so fast that the I think the matter is trying to catch up. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe the emotional body and the psyche is trying to catch yeah. up too, you know, like we're, I think we're just trying to catch up with ourselves. Yeah. So I would love to unpick some of the wisdom that you've shared online um, because what you write is, uh, it always resonates so much. Um, you wrote, follow your own medicine. What do you mean by oh. this? Yeah, I think that I've been thinking a lot recently about the importance of listening to the things, listening to how things make you feel. Mm. Instead of, you know, like some, for example, I like to go shopping because often it makes me feel better. But if you really pay attention I started doing this to what it feels like to be like shopping. It doesn't actually feel that good. You know, like, I don't know, I, whatever, clothes are fun and stuff. But I, I noticed it doesn't actually feel that good. The importance of listening to what feels good. So when I said follow your medicine, it's like your medicine is what feels good. Mm. Now, that's dangerous because I'm not saying go pick up a bottle of wine. That feels great. You know what I mean? Like go like drive your car 100 miles an hour. Or, you know, I don't mean to say that. It, you got to have like a refined connection with what actually feels good. And, and I think we're a lot confused by that. So it's a little bit of a because dangerous we're so comment. conditioned. Yeah, we're so conditioned. To, yeah. to believe things feel good when actually maybe they don't for you. And that mm, also, I yeah. think why the comment resonated with me was the fact that you said your medicine, which would mm. suggest that all our medicines are different. So for example, walking to me could be super you know, medicinal, whereas for you it may just be resting and sleeping in on Saturday or whatever. What is good for one person is not necessarily good for another. Mm. And so what I would be encouraging is we need to teach each other how to pay attention to what actually feels good and what are the signs of like harmony and balance and all that kind of stuff versus, you know, um, versus just like, oh, turmeric's good for good for you or like this is the best exercise or this is the perfect like healing or this is the right diet. It's like that's different for everybody. And so we shouldn't be selling it as like this is the best. It's like this is an option. You wrote, when things fall apart and we are on the verge of we know not what, the test for each of us is to stay on that brink and not concretize. I'm fascinated by this. Can you unpack it for me? Well, first of all, if you ever need quotes, just go to Pema Chodron because she is a genius and that's where this comes from. So I'm not going to take credit for it. <laughs> According to 
yoga philosophy, in one sense, things are always falling apart. Like our hair is falling out. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like our skin is falling off. Like, you know, things are always kind of disintegrating. It's like they say, like, as soon as it begins, it ends. So, but, you know, there are certain moments in our life when it really feels like things are falling apart. Right. And I think what she's saying there and what I love so much about it is that it's really easy to, because we, we, we're comfortable in knowing. We're not comfortable in not knowing. Mm. And there's this thing that we do as humans where we want to label everything. It's mm. like the left hemisphere of the brain's activity. And so we're, we're saying this is bad or this is good. Mm. And so that's what she's talking about when she says, Concretizing is a word I can't even say. Really, right? right. It's, it's a such hard an word to say. Word. I can't yeah. really it. Like what? Concretizing. Concretizing. Yeah. Like you don't want to solidify yeah. around this is good or this is bad because then you might block yourself from seeing the good, from seeing the flip side of it. And so when things are crumbling, I think there's this groundlessness and there's this unknown and there's like, it's incredibly frightening. So we solidify with labels to try to feel safe mm. because it, to try to get some ground. And she's saying, don't do that. How do you keep yourself open? Because it's one of those things that, you know, I mean, I've had a few months of just everything feeling like it's falling apart. And it was really difficult, even though you know you should be, you know, embracing it, but it's hard, how do you do it? Well, this is, I mean, I don't really have the full answer, but I put a lot of work into keeping my heart open when mm. it wants to close. Mm. And sometimes I'm mad that it stays open because I want it to close because I'm pissed <laughs> that I can't unfeel. You know, mm. I want to not feel this. I want to have a closed heart. Like, screw this. I don't feel like feeling, you yeah. know? One of my teachers says, it's impossible to close the heart. I relate to that because I feel like I don't know how to close it. Yeah. But when it's broken, yeah. when you're grieving, it's that skill of letting there be a moment of pain mm. and not running from it and letting the pain pass through and letting your heart be this open space for all the flavors to pass through because the real freedom is not clinging to happiness and good feelings and pushing away bad feelings because bad feelings are going to arise. It's knowing how to welcome the bad feeling, let it express itself and let it also move on. Now on a very basic level, I think that also means being gentle with yourself and letting yourself cry and letting yourself lay in bed and letting yourself feel like a failure and not having to just take everything and be like, okay, I can't stand it. I need to be happy. I need to feel good. And, but you know, getting yourself up and striving for that too, but not being so hard on yourself that you're not totally there. And do you think that's kind of quite routine based, you know, on a practical level? Um, I know what helped me is to basically create a routine that that kind of made me feel normal again. You know, you're getting Routine. up and you're making the cup of tea you like, you're ensuring that you're getting some movement in, you're ensuring you're seeing at least one person in the day. Like on a practical level, what is a, a routine that's helped you keep your heart open? Routine is key. You're so right. And my routine right now and that I've been using the past like four or five months, which has been 
a lot of transformation and tumultuous energy is get up and make green tea with oat milk. <laughs> um, I sort of let it sit there while I meditate. And then I've been journaling for 10 minutes with a timer and I've been writing a love letter to myself. And that has been really helpful. Now, sometimes I kind of veer away from it and I need to like write about other stuff. But the 10 minute journaling, keeping the pen to the paper has been really helpful. And in the context of a love letter mm-hmm. to not let me go into all my self-doubt and self-hatred and comparisons, because that's like a real issue for me. And it blocks me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't m- let me be the best person for my friends and family. I think that um, it hasn't been part of my routine, but it's I, what you said about making sure you see somebody every day. Community is really important and communication is really important. So it hasn't been part of my routine, but calling friends, talking it out, get staying in connection and contact and getting outside is really important yeah. when you feel like your your heart is closing, you know, because we need each other. We are not, you know, solo beings in in that sense. So, um, and and some kind of physical exercise. I don't do yoga every single day, um, but I I do a lot of yoga, but I also like go running and go to this other exercise class and this other exercise class and I mix it up. And what would you tell people who want to try out yoga, but they go, oh God, I can't even touch my toes? Because Heather has the most excellent name for her yoga company. It's called Yoga for Bad People. And I feel that you kind of, in the name, you kind of address a lot of the fear people have around yoga because they want to do it. But, you know, my dad, for example, he's just got into yoga. But for many years, he's like, oh, no, I can't do that. How do you kind of respond to that? Well, sometimes I'll say, oh, it's so annoying when you're good at yoga. Like people that are good at yoga are so annoying. (laughs) You know, and it's sort of everybody's sort of like, has a laugh about that yeah (laughs) um i really want to encourage the emphasis about um success in yoga quote unquote to be off of mobility and flexibility because a lot of flexibility is genetic you're competing against yourself no one else Mm -hmm. and so for somebody who is incredibly tight and feels like i can't do yoga or maybe they're overweight they can't touch their toes And then they're comparing themselves to like a hypermobile contortionist who was a dancer for many years. It's a totally skewed comparison. It's like completely ridiculous because you're, you know, you might, they might equally progress in the same ways, but it won't look the same in the outer form. So you really got to think about if we're going to talk about yoga as a sport, yoga is a sport where you compete against yourself and that's it. And so you've got to, and, and great, okay, you can touch your toes. It's not going to set you free because then you're going to want to get your foot under your toe, your hand under your toes. Then you're going to want to get your head through your legs. There's always somewhere else to go. The real freedom is being, you know, present for whether you're feeling a success in the moment of it or you're feeling a failure in the moment of it. It is not, the freedom is not getting to the success because yeah. that can actually reiterate the parts in us that we're actually trying to quiet, which is, for lack of a better term, like the ego. So we're gonna finish with a quick round, and I invite you to finish my sentence. 
I relax by? Meditating. The person I love most in the world is? My sister. The last dream I had was? I lucid dreamed and I had a laser beam coming out of my hand and it built this protective shell between me and like these bad guys that were chasing me. Love it. (laughs) If I could tell every 18 year old something, it would be? Have so much fun and don't be hard on yourself. Best piece of advice I was given was? The story is still unfolding. My first thought in the morning usually is? Fuck. (laughs) Sorry, can I swear on this? Yeah, it's fine. Before I go to sleep, I? Read. When I'm feeling insecure, I? I call my friends. (laughs) Same. (laughs) If you really knew me, you would know. That I am incredibly loyal. (laughs) Heather, how do we find you on social media? How do we find your retreats? Yoga for Bad People on Instagram, yogaforbadpeople.com. I'm Heather Lilliston at, you know, .com or on Instagram. Not super active on Facebook or Twitter. Perfect. (laughs) Well, we'll find you on Instagram and on the the internet. Thank you, Heather. You're so wonderful. And see you soon. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Of course, it would be amazing and very appreciated if you wouldn't mind hitting subscribe and sharing this podcast. You can find me at Poppy Jamie on Instagram. DM me questions or any guest suggestions. I'd love to hear from you. And also, if you have a moment, download Happy Not Perfect. It's my mindfulness app that helps you manage stress, anxiety, sleep, and ultimately makes you feel happier every single day in less than five minutes. See you next time. Sending you lots of love and energy. Till then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.